Hello and welcome to the Vision Podcast 3.0. My name is Julia Brompton. Some people call me Jules. This podcast is about life, whether your goal is living your best life or simply navigating life. By listening to this podcast, you may learn something new, you may well get inspired and you may well laugh. And you may even find you ignite a new sense of self-belief too. All I ask is you remain open. Each week, please join me and guests as we share stories, learnings and truths from past and present, the good, the bad, the brilliant. Thank you for joining the Vision Community. Hello and welcome to the Vision Podcast 3.0. How are you? How has your week been? Last week, I had a conversation with Paul, a defence coach, or should I say a rugby defence coach, and I wanted to follow up on some or a couple of the things that came up in conversation. Specifically, what makes a good coach? And I thought this helpful to go back over, but also because we can use some of what Paul spoke about to apply to other aspects in life. So if you're a manager, if you're a CEO, a parent, all sorts, all sorts of situations that you can use the information. So starting out, if you remember, Paul talked about being able to listen and observe. He shared that one of the benefits for him is being able to see people's well-being and state of mind can be highlighted. Listening is a really important skill and it's something that I think many take for granted. And I remember my early 20s on a training course and we were doing listening skill exercises, which at the time I thought, gosh, this is a bit odd. However, I soon learned and certainly waved the flag now that listening is a very important skill. And it is a skill and it pays dividends to be able to be present in the moment and actually listen to what is being said. Because so often and not we are thinking about what was just said or we're trying to plan for the next sentence, especially if, say, we're in a moment of negotiation or something like that, but actually grounding ourselves into that moment and really listening is a very powerful way to be and naturally observing people's uh, observing people so that you can see beyond just the words that are being spoken will support you being a better coach and in daily life this is so so true as well and I think we some great reminders that we can garner and take from Paul's words and it's so important that we take the time to be a little bit more curious sometimes and perhaps ask some more questions which will alleviate I think moments of prejudging and coming from a place of understanding rather than judgment will be really helpful. Adaptable was another point that Paul raised, and again, he highlighted this being a very important to coaches, especially when you have to adapt to the group that you are working with, because different cultures 
foster different values and behaviours. So a different organisation has a different culture. A country has a different culture. Cities and towns have different cultures too. Hence, there is huge value in being able or becoming aware of what those cultures are and adapting to a degree to enable things to flow with more ease. However, also bringing your own strengths to the table. And I'd also add about when I think of adaptability, I also think of agility. And I always give the example of a tree and a tree has deep roots. And in life, it's really important that you need to be able to be a bit flexible and a bit agile because if not, if you don't bend or the branches don't bend, when the winds come along, you are going to get uprooted. And so being adaptable, having structure and things is really important and routine. However, it's sometimes also important to build the muscles of agility. There are ways we can do this, but that's for a different conversation. Another thing that Paul highlighted was being clear. So when you're communicating, it's possible to be as clear as possible, make the message clear, make it believable, enjoyable, and speaking with confidence. In my opinion, a lot of things can be learnt. However, there's nothing more powerful and someone speaking from a place of knowing and experience versus someone who say just say watched a video for example and i truly believe that people can hear when you speak on a topic that say you have experience on or have been through a specific experience because it just sounds differently and we feel that in someone's voice and conversation Another thing that Paul highlighted, as he termed it, was putting learning into the player. And I love that and uh, very important as a coach in a sports game. And he also referenced at the same time, it's important to know what you know and what you don't know. And that is a skill in itself as well. And that's all part of the growth mindset. I think is really important in society if we are all going to evolve. However, going back to putting learning into the player, Paul reference how important it is to find out about what a player, or and this could be in another context, a person actually knows and checking for understanding. And the ideal he suggested is making them think of a solution or the process is a really important thing for do, to do. What he meant by that is rather than rather than acting as you would do as I, when I've worn my consultant hat you you can tell someone what they want to do or especially if you don't have there's very limited time sometimes there is a you do need a space where it's you need to do this and there's less time to explain why it's just please do this however in order to get the best out of people so that you can support understanding and buy into why you're trying to get someone to transform or do something differently adding the coaching to the equation is very important he suggested you could actually limit someone's capacity for growth if you're always spoon feeding versus working with an individual or a team to come up with the solution so you co-create it and then this becomes more beneficial to the dynamics of the group 
absolutely agree with that and have found that um, again and again when working with either individuals or teams and especially um, supporting teams transition as you may be able to coach a senior stakeholder however in order to ensure that that gets fed out to different layers within an organization or within a team empowering the group is and coaching them and can add additional depth to ensure that the transformation or the changes that need to happen do actually happen. And Paul's, I mean, there were a couple of other points, but his final point he spoke with in depth, a very important one, is to be empathetic. And we all know we all have different stories. We have different, we've experienced different moments in life with friends, family and work colleagues. It's not always easy, therefore, to know where people are emotionally because of everyone's backstories are very different. And some people go through a very tough time, but they've been able to deal with it. They've let it go and they move forward. Therefore, when something arises, then they're not triggered. This is one of the most important things, again, as a human being, not just as a coach and not just as a leader. It's being applying that uh, skill of empathy because you don't know the past and people can and do respond to different things and can react to different triggers based on their past experiences. So thinking of the person before the player, that's probably, as Paul said, for him one of the most fundamental things in his profession. And he applied it to uh, and I think it's worth sharing this as well. So when a team goes out to play a game on a Saturday or Sunday, no one's going out there to play badly. No one's going out there to make mistakes. No one is trying to miss a tackle or a sidekick. However, it happens. And there has to be some moment of understanding that the intent was never there. However, it does happen. And there has to be a level of understanding because no person goes out to play poorly and not to win. Diving into that. And just reconfirming on that life, we do need to be more understanding and we do need to take the time to be more curious and to ask questions rather than to make judgments. And this will absolutely support harmonizing and eliminating wasted time, thinking time, doing time, and also financial resources. I mean, it, it, it goes and has an impact on so many different levels. Now, another thing Paul brought up, which is the other thing I wanted to cover off today in today's episode, is why. Now, if you did listen to the episode, Paul was highlighting that in rugby, for example, when you think of technical skills, um, you're, that fits into what we call the what. But the why is a different element of the mix. And I'll explain a little bit more now. So there is a gentleman called Simon Simic. And if you have not seen his video, I would recommend watching it. I remember seeing it a number of years ago and it struck a chord with me. And it's about 15, 20 minutes. And it's his name and with why and linked to inspired leadership. So I'm going to give you a little snapshot from Simon's talk just to expand on why Paul felt that the why is so important. So Simon talks about a golden circle and there are three circles. 
and there is the outer circle, which is the what. There's the middle circle, which is the how, and then there's the inner circle, almost like the bullseye, which is the why. Now, the what represents, so every person or, say, company on this planet knows what they do. The how does vary because some people, it's a process. Some people, it's a combination of, say, unique selling points. However, the why, very few people, Simon suggested, or companies know why they do things. It's not about, certainly when we were talking about a business, it's about making profit. That's just a result. So the the why is really important for me and has always been very important. It links into the purpose and what's your cause or what's your belief. So why does your company exist? Why do you go to work at X company? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? And it's such a simple thing, but I believe it's something that often gets overlooked, but there's a real power and resonance why it's really important to establish your why in different parts of your life, both professional and personal. So he says that most, or Simon says, Simon says, that most people think and communicate first the what, then they do the how, and then they do the why. And he suggests that inspired leaders are people who think and act from the why first. So, for example, many people and companies, they say what they do, they then say how they are different, and then they share and expect a certain behavior, for example, by this. So, I'm a great car company. Here's a new car. It's got really low mileage, great leather seats. Please buy this car. Whereas someone who communicates from a place of why the essence and story is slightly different. And in the example on this, on the video, Simon gives Apple as an example. And he shares, I'll just read out what, what was spoken because it's, it's just a lot easier that way. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo. We believe in thinking differently. So that part of it is the why. The way we do this is we make our products beautifully designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. So that is the how. Oh, and we just happen to make great computers. So that's the the what they do. So what he's done is he's reversed the order of information share. And one of the reasons that Simon talks about this, why this is so important, is because it is grounded in biology. What that means is it's grounded in how our human brains are wired to work. So it's not even psychology, as he says, it's how our brains function. And he he compares the three parts of our brain to the three parts of the golden circle, as he as he highlights. So there's the Homo sapien brain, the neocortex. He explains is which is responsible for rational and analytical thinking as well as language. Then Then you've got got the the middle section, which is the limbic brains, and the limbic brains are responsible for feelings. So he gives the example of trust and loyalty. It's also all or where the human behavior and decision making 
takes place. There's no capacity here for language. And in this same space, it's a place where facts and figures are processed. It doesn't drive behavior. So behavior is things we are doing. So you want someone to buy a car, you want someone to do a certain thing. So when we actually communicate from the inside, we talk directly to the part of the brain that controls behavior, which is obviously really important. It's certainly important if you're selling a service, a product, or you're trying to get people to do a certain thing. So it could be voting, it could be so many different things. This part of the brain, it allows others to rationalize with tangible things we say and do, but it's also where the gut decisions come from. And I'm sure you're all familiar with those moments in life where you have the facts, you have the figures, but something just doesn't feel right. You can't put your finger on it because perhaps that part of the brain which controls decision-making doesn't control the language. So it's tuning into what it feels. Why is so, so integral. And there's different ways it could play out. So I'll just add and give you an example. And this is what I shared very briefly with a, a recent team I was working with and placing the context of why within a company vision and the importance of it. Sometimes our whys play an integral part in helping us move forward and it's very normal for every person, if you're in business or in life, to sometimes resist change. Change isn't because you don't necessarily believe it's a good thing. It's just how we are wired. And it's very normal to have doubts. It's very normal to have fears. And it is very normal for individuals to have self-limiting beliefs. Now, self-limiting beliefs is when you believe something to be true, even though it isn't. But because of experiences in life which build up over time, you start getting a belief and or I call it sometimes a blockage because it's stopping you moving forward on something because of the way our brains work. Often our minds and our brains like to keep us safe. So when you, you have you have the mechanics of the brain, the biology working, and then you have added with it your your mindset and how it's been wired because of preconditioning. And suddenly you're like, oh my goodness me. So this is why it is so very important to establish all of our whys. And in business, for example, a team, when they unite their personal whys with the company whys, can be really, really powerful. When you do look at your why, your why has to be bigger than your fear or fears. It has to be bigger than your doubts. It has to be bigger than your self-limiting beliefs. So if I gave you an example, imagine a founder of a small business and naturally the goal or the business goal is to reach X a month or Y each year, which comes back to you know results, the profit, profit and loss sheet, so to speak. However, the why is very different. The why is because it means that they can provide salaries for their team who they care about, because it means that they can provide for their own family or their extended family. And in the sports sense as well, when each individual player understands their why, but then also that is united with the team's why, and it will feed the backbone to so many things and to 
certainly when you're dealing with individuals where change has to take place, it's always that guiding post to take us back to remind us, especially when you're going through challenges or frustrations. And we know that when that is the case, that work does have to be done. There's usually no other way out of it. And once it's done, you get the good results. But the why is the grit that you can hold on to. It's like your your rail that you can use to support you and is going to also help fuel you like rocket fuel almost. So the why is incredibly, incredibly important. So that is this week's episode. Wishing you a stress-free and joyful week. And next week I will be, or the episode will be another interview. And funny enough, yes, with there's a sports theme carrying on. This is a former, uh, in this case, NFL player who's also turned entrepreneur. And I will be having conversations on career and learnings from that and also life. So join me next week. And in the meantime, sending you very best wishes. Take care. God bless and love to all. Thank you.